the conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody who's I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No wonder he's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get him by the way. Hello and welcome to episode 219 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. Jack Harper and Alex Jones. Plenty to get into this week. News of the week, as always. Bit on Granite Jacket and the worst individual errors that we have in recent memory. Can Klopp really be sacked amid Liverpool's poor form? Bit on the NBA All-Star Game and then All-Star Games in general. And then finally, a bit on UFC 259. Um, I would ask you how you all are, but I do know we've had some technical difficulties, so I have already asked you that question. So, fortunately, uh, I, I do know you're all all right, so there we go. Um, apart from that, we can get into news of the week and we'll kick things off. So, Ohio State are starting an OnlyFans seminar to help students get into sex work. No way. Are they? Never. N- never in a million years. <laughs> All right, you need to work on your acting, all of you. <laughs> Fortunately, this is the only headphone we know, so we've got Alex reeling off his top five people to subscribe to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I checked out, you boys were saying you had to have something to back it up with, so I'm assuming you were just slandering anyone who was ugly. We, we were saying that, I mean, just because you're a bird doesn't guarantee that you're going to be reeling in these big bucks. So yeah. You're saying that the pod probably couldn't start on OnlyFans? No. Um, <laughs> that would be fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and his Lycra gear. Listen, I think I, I think for a lot of needs here, but there we are. Maybe that's just my opinion. I don't I, think there's a gap in the market for this Byron, mate. <laughs> stick, stick to what I we know. I think it's a unique potential there. I, I don't think I, I'll just I'll just do the camera work. But if you I don't really want to, I don't think I'll be so. AJ, if you basically just said that you want to take photos of, of us all naked there, in, in hey, not many if it brings in revenue for the pod, I'll do what's necessary. I've been oh. accused of not doing what's necessary for the pod in the past. <laughs> would so you put that? Take... Would you put that link in your bio? I was about to say you want to take photos of us naked, but you won't put us in your bio. I, I, if we do an, if you if you create an OnlyFans and for the pod, I will put the link in my bio. <laughs> All right, well, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> plastic surgeon under investigation after appearing in court video call while performing surgery. <laughs> Multitasker. Well, what can you say? 
Um, singer Robbie Williams will be portrayed by a CGI monkey in new biopic from the Greatest Showman director. You've done it again. Biopic. <laughs> I'm not having any AJ slander for his pronunciation if you're going to be pulling out What's biopic. What's wrong with biopic? It's biopic. <laughs> that, sounds, that doesn't sound right to me. It's biopic. <laughs> As in like biography. Oh. Oh. I, I'm just going to stay quiet. <laughs> Say nuggets for, for once as well, just to see how that turns out. I'll stick with my pronunciation. Um, <laughs> Biopic. Kangaroo escapes Alabama man. Horseback search planned. You have to grab their tails, he says. I love that he's in America as well. Like, I wonder how he's got there. I want to see his journey. Any search on horseback is... I love the idea of that. <laughs> Blokes gathering up together on their horses and trotting around. <laughs> And uh, Zoom legend Jackie Weaver releases her first dance track. Shut oh, up. No, no. You got to cash in when you get this bit of internet fame. It, it is true. And it's funny because everyone loves the meme when we feel that there's a like a victim of the meme. And as soon as it comes out, they're absolutely fine with it. And they try and profit from it. We hate the meme. It's like those four lads that were a meme for about a month and it came out and they <laughs> loved it and it just died a death never to be used again that Alex from Glasto releasing a single on GRM Daily yeah um, Alabama woman faces felony charge after stealing neighbour's goat and painting it <laughs> what colour? blue Chelsea, she died in blue and then painted obviously, it obviously big Chelsea fan so I'm on her side on this yeah Baby injured after being used as a shield during a Hamilton brawl. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm not laughing at that. That's not funny. We shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, where, that's where you draw the line, is it? Oh, it goes uh, um, it's just more of like I realised what I laughed at and then <laughs> oh, actually that's <laughs> you, you You've caught yourself red-handed. You've tried to backtrack what it is. I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed. It's, that's your favourite topic of humour, Baby Shields, and now you've just released it. <laughs> Cat takes over cockpit on Tarko Airlines flight in Qatar, forces emergency landing. <laughs> Does it have a licence? I've got there was like, two right versions here. of this headline one where it does sound like the cat landed the plane another one where <laughs> there was a rogue cat that attacked the pilot and they had to emergency land but I do that's like, the slightly better one I do like the idea of just uh, the intercom coming on and just being meows <laughs> it's, it's like the film it's like the film <laughs> cats and dogs <laughs> cats Robot, on a... that is. you were about to say cats on a plane weren't you yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon card theft ring busted in Onslow County. What ring? Pokemon card theft. Oh, right. There's big uh, money. Right. Yeah. There's huge money in it. I've seen some Charizards going for like 20k. First yeah, that like Logan Paul tried to buy like the first edition and got ripped off, didn't he? After forking over like 50,000 or something ridiculous yeah. like that. <laughs> Australian scientist gets baby fish to bust a move to MC Hammer Classic. <laughs> I'll say it again. 
these scientists really need to be working on more important things. <laughs> Michael Andretti sets world world speed record in car made of cake. <laughs> Dad starts baby beer. Dad starts baby beer pong league to make daughter drink more milk. <laughs> Brewster will appear in court after killing owner during a legal cockfight. <laughs> that's the that's the latest development after in court. that one from last week. That's brilliant. What's it charged with? Murder, I assume. <laughs> EA confirms it isn't secretly fixing FIFA matches. I'm pretty sure it was you, Jack, that used to claim your FIFA matches were fixed. Um, I've never claimed they were fixed. No, I mean I there is. You were, I'm sure I remember you having a Facebook status about it. Yeah, I imagine like 10, 10, 12 years ago, maybe when I was like, yeah, but like in cool. depth status, like, well, no, it's like scripted, isn't it? There would be parts where <laughs> here we go, score, <laughs> and then you cannot get the ball back, and they just walk straight through. I knew, I knew that memory was there. You've um, unlocked like that. That's we're talking eight, nine years ago. That yeah. You could, oh, even by the tone of Jack's voice, you could tell he was like, that does sound like something I would say. <laughs> no, 100%. When he said it, I was like, that does sound something completely irrational. I said in the heat of the moment, but I don't um, remember it now. My favourite headline this week, uh, hard times, man suffers nine-day erection following a moped accident. <laughs> hard times, that is great right there. Um, Nine days, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Has he got any blood left? <laughs> Um, entire pavement stolen from Storrington Village overnight. <laughs> I love the idea of no one noticing this is happening and waking up in the morning and just the pavement being gone. And it's just this mystery. They've just left the curb or something. Uh, Japan's gun laws have worked so well, they now need to ban crossbows. <laughs> Oh, now that's just getting ridiculous now. <laughs> yeah, they won't even let you fire a good old cross gun, is that it? I didn't see a crossbow. It's just like, what's well, You know, crossbows are, you know, next thing they'll do bow and arrows as well, for Christ's sake. Uh, victim kisses boyfriend in court who attempted to murder her with five gunshots. True love. Yeah. I hope it works out for him. <laughs> Randy Males tear up over Lola Bunny's lack of cleavage in the Space Jam sequel. <laughs> <laughs> this is a genuine source of outrage online if you look at this. I remember when Troy put it in the chat and looking through the replies was pretty, pretty eye-opening. I thought Troy was one of the ones who was deeply upset about it. <laughs> wow. Dragging a man who's not here to defend himself. <laughs> And now, nah, well, it's a tough day for him because he's got the interview with uh, with Oprah later that he's got to watch. So that's going to be a tough watch for him, being a royal royal fan. <laughs> man lives on nothing but beer for Lent to raise money for the hospitality sector. Good lad. Keeping Jack in a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping him off work. I mean, probably a good time to say. I mean, we did mention this beforehand, but. Seeing as uh, we then lost that, 
we will have an interview uh, this week or maybe early next week. So keep an eye out on the YouTube channel. We had Jack sit down with Arlie Jova, who played Mercury in Blade. We had uh, I sat down with a stuntman from Never Back Down, Jack's favourite film, also Fast Five, <laughs> uh, the new Michael Bay movie. So we got plenty there. And we do have some more interviews that we're doing later this week from other films in the bracket. So uh, plenty to look forward to there. I'll ask now uh, while I remember, because I don't want Alex biting my head off as he uh, leaves the pod later. Um, <laughs> Minority Report or Logan this week, Alex? Uh, Logan. Logan for me. It's very close. Um, and yeah, no, it's Logan. It's got to be Logan. One of the best. If, it, if that made it to the end, if that made it to the end, I wouldn't be disappointed. I like your thinking. And TK, you, have you seen either film? No, I've not. So there we go. Don't need to ask you. If we go on then, so Granite Xhaka in the headlines for all the wrong reasons again this week. He wasn't sent off, but he did give away a goal um, as Arsenal drew 1-1 with Burnley to really set my weekend off to a great start. Um, <laughs> Under some pressure from the Burnley attack, he attempted a pass across the box, something you are told as a kid that you never pass across your own goal line, but there we go. Um, goes straight into Chris Wood, was it? Who yes. just bounces off his hip into the net. So, um, First things first, Joe. I mean, me and TK were talking about this yesterday, and I was saying I wasn't as angry about this one at him as much for this one as I am for several of his other errors, purely for the fact that it wasn't stupidity in the same sense. Like he's obviously been told this is how we're playing out. And you do understand some of the risks that come with it. It's still a ridiculous mistake, but it's not stupidity in the brain dead sense that we've seen with some of his other cards. Yeah. It's one of those that if you can remember, I think back to Brendan Rogers when he told his Swansea team to play like that. And it's one of those where he'd come out of the press conference and say, that's my fault. <laughs> I've told them to play like that, don't blame the player. I think because it's obviously Xhaka, then it's going to be highlighted as just another in his catalogue of ridiculous errors. And it looks more ridiculous because it's Xhaka. I mean, what he's well, that's, he's, he's actually been really good lately as well, which is <laughs> part of the cycle of Xhaka, which is never ending, which is, well, this summer, I don't necessarily think he should be sold, but they do certainly need an upgrade on it. Um, he, he shouldn't be starting as often as he is but yeah this is one of them where he, sh- he shouldn't have taken the extra touch it should be for a professional footballer and we say this a lot it should be a pretty simple one touch pass across the area rather than that extra touch that invites all the Burnley players in an extra couple of yards because mm. I said to TK that I think it's on Arteta but you disagreed, didn't you, TK? You said that should be on Xhaka. Yeah, I, I just think we're sort of um, relieving players of too much responsibility. These are top-level players that I don't think it's too much to ask for them to have some common sense in terms of, <laughs> of course, you play it out from the back, but there's certain things you don't do. And, and to be honest, if you never play football in your life, a, a basic understanding that if you kick this at said player, it'll bounce off him and that could go anywhere. It's, it's the only time I've seen that outside of the Carriers one, which I'm sure we'll probably get into in this topic. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, 
a basic understanding if, if I hit this at that, there's going to be a, a rebound and it could go in my own goal. Yeah, I don't absolve him of no, any no blame, but like there was, was it Burnley at home where he put his head in or he pushed the player over? I think it was Burnley. We pushed the player over um, and put his head in. It was like that's just stupidity in the sense yeah. of that's yeah, completely exactly. avoidable. This was one of them where it was like. Yes, it's it's still stupid, but probably just he set the bar quite high. Gonna say it says a lot that we've got quite like a chart here. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so the question here then was kind of the other worst individual errors that we have. You mentioned Carius there, TK, on on the biggest stage of them all, and I guess that's the first one that comes to mind for a lot of people. He's unfortunate, isn't he? That. Uh... <laughs> A combination of, like you said, the highest stage and one of the most high-profile recent ones, isn't it? It's got recency on it. Yeah. I, I, think, say... that, I think that has to be up there with the worst mistakes ever made by a player in a game. It's purely because of the game that he's playing in, how bad the mistakes are and what it ultimately costs Liverpool. Just what? inexplicable as well. Like, he had like, so many of Rochers <laughs> in the third. Not anything not... but that. Not a deal for TK's um, PTSD, but a lot of the ones I was thinking of, Liverpool do have quite a few. <laughs> I was I was looking at this thinking, am I just being like a classic fan here, just thinking of my own, or, or have I actually just I got mean, a lot to I can, choose? I can think of three from Gerard alone. Yeah, I know he has got a bad catalog there, hasn't he? The, the the back pass against Chelsea in 2010 was the first one I thought of when when That's going what... through these. That's when we, we were going to win the league and everyone said he wanted Chelsea to win it instead of Man U, so he gave us a goal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I reckon that could have been true. <laughs> he hated slip, United that much. The slip, obviously, whether that whether you want to call that an error or just being unfortunate. But We basically signed him, didn't we, really? We signed him <laughs> back in 2005 or 2004 when he was supposed to come. Because he scored an own goal in the Carling Cup final. As I was well. going to say, yeah, that kind of gets forgotten. A, a yeah, and a red card after 38 seconds against United. I I said before I enjoyed that because nobody was putting a tackle, so it's kind of funny. It was on Nani, wasn't it? Did <laughs> Didn't he cut his leg and he cried? Is that the same? No, one? that was Carragher, no, wasn't it? Carragher made him cry. Oh, yeah. It. No, I think it was. Was it on? It may have been Herrera. I think you might be right. I think it was Herrera. It was someone God. that was, was, was being a right swine all game. <laughs> yeah. and well, he was Herrera sick definitely of it. does fit the bill there. So It reminds me of something. I was, when I used to be a player manager of a football team a couple of, couple of years ago, there was like no oh, yeah. tackles going in whatsoever. So I said, right, whoever gets the first yellow card in the second half, I'll pay their fine. <laughs> and, this, and, this, and this kid just goes diving into this kid it was like a leg breaker and it's just and he's protested the yellow <laughs> it was really set a precedent we went on to lose that game <laughs> <laughs> that's stroke great punishment. Ge- stroke of with, genius by me <laughs> with the one where um nanny was crying it, it does get overlooked that one when they did that thing on sky sports Carragher was pretty pleased when he said uh, <laughs> Ro- rooney told me that he was crying and the Rooney's having a good old chat with Carragher. You made him cry, by the way. <laughs> no loyalty there. Cheers, Nanny's crying. We've had the anniversary <laughs> recently of um, Tigashani and Chesney 
mix up in the League Cup final. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. You wouldn't have known at that stage that Chesney would go on to be the keeper that he is now and Koscielny would go on to have the career that he had for Arsenal. Definitely not the Chesney one, would you? Sir Chesney, as me and my uncle call him, because you can't spell his name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, David James letting the ball squirm in against Croatia. That was bad. Rob Green against the USA. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Robinson. Uh, you got... <laughs> there's a theme there. You, um, there's been lots of, um, obviously, lots of goalkeeping howlers. Um, one, obviously, for Tottenham, probably the standout man for that is uh, Harry um, Gomez. And uh, the what, like, against Fulham, that's that one. There was actually, do you remember the feature on Soccer AM, uh, Taxi? Where yeah. taxi for yeah, so he, I think he featured on there three times in the space of two years. He conceded from the halfway against... line against Madrid in the Champions League. Yeah, I think it was Ronaldo with the shot, and it was yeah. it wasn't it it it, it kind of got overlooked a bit at the time because it was Ronaldo booting the ball hard, but it was a pretty basic save to make. Yeah, you just saw he was um, in goal. Oh no, hold on, wasn't it wasn't it Di Maria? No, I'm, I well, don't I'm know. Sure it was or was it? <laughs> I'm or was sure it Di Maria? I think Di Maria scored another howler against him as well. I Had think in the same trick in that game. Yeah, Madrid. yeah, but yeah, Gomez was. I'm watching. All I remember is when we had him in goal. Every game was stressful. Every like, I mean, I'm not saying that watching Tottenham now isn't stressful, but particularly stressful. Like any time the ball, any time any player looked like they were going to have a shot or were thinking about a shot. It was hold hold your breath. Hold your breath when he was in goal. Horrible. What, what about your boy Gary Sprake throwing the ball into his own net against Liverpool, TK? Excuse me? Your boy Gary Sprake throwing the ball into his own net against Liverpool. I don't know if you remember that. You'll have seen a clip of it before. Because I'm pretty sure I had another howler against Liverpool as well. I'll just keep going in my head the one where Ankle Moon goes to control the ball and just goes straight under his feet and goes in. Christ. Yeah, that, keepers. That game played on every advert as well, so I felt for him. He had a tough time. Keepers uh, really do have a rough ride, don't they, Jack? Oh yeah, they do. Don't get him started. What about <laughs> what about um, what about uh, the fans having a howler in the respect of who remembers the beach ball? that went onto the pitch. Oh, look, who was that involved in again? <laughs> <laughs> the, beat, the infamous beach ball where the fans shot their own team in the foot. That, that set you on a like a downward spiral that day as well, didn't it? That was I weird. don't think it set them on it. I think they were already on it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't hold the beach ball accountable. That was like really bringing in the Hodgson years, wasn't it? Beckoning them in. Um, another one I thought of was um, Beckham's penalty against Portugal which I do remember for a brief yeah. time on the playground any time someone hit the ball over they claimed they were doing a Beckham some people were doing it the day after which was a bit sickening for me enjoying themselves a bit too much yeah the following days you heard if you had a quid for every time you said oh Beckham's penalty came down in my back garden last night you'd have been yeah. a very very wealthy young person <laughs> Uh, 
any I mean, more for any more? I've just gone through a whole season of Kepa, so how long have you got? So <laughs> I think one that sticks out in my mind, there's there's two actually from Christiansen. And one was against Barcelona in the round of 16 when Conte was his disrespect. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fan of Christensen, but this one, we'd gone through almost like the perfect game. We didn't hit the post like three times. We've absolutely battered them. Messi still hasn't scored against us ever. And then in the last five minutes, Christensen passes the ball to Messi in our box and he just shoots and scores, completely ruining the hoodoo we had over him as well. And the one in the FA Cup final where he was just a pussy. Wouldn't get back up after making a bad tackle and left us light at the back for a Young second. That Those stick in my Did mind. Did you say League Cup final? That was the FA Cup final. Don't try diminishing us to that score. FA Cup final, yeah. And I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> no, I said the Cup final, sorry. Okay, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't the League Cup final. We don't acknowledge um, that uh, other trophy. <laughs> He's wow. getting that in ahead of time. The Lucas <laughs> Any more for any more? Before we, uh... I, was, I was thinking one of the ones that always comes in my mind is one of the earliest ones I remember is the Bartes one against West Ham, where he eventually just became known as just a keeper that he obviously was quite good, but in my mind was just obviously just had a howler in him, kind of in the Gomez mould. Yeah. Uh, and the other one, I think I feel like Gerard gets away with this one because there's so many of them, but I do think potentially his worst one was the. Uh, the back pass to Omri, either the one for Arsenal or the main one being for England in the year 2004. And <laughs> we were 1-0 up. 90th minute, they score a free kick to equalise and then he's in stoppage time and he's done this and obviously they win the game. Not great. Cop out that. Mm, yeah, it's a shot, I, isn't it? I got a, I got a different sort of howler for you. Um, do you remember the spat between um, Ever and Suarez? Jesus. You're calling it a <laughs> right. spat? No, What's he like? Well, yeah, Lewis. So, so, um, so the first game that they after that happened, the first game back where they faced each other, uh, Liverpool United. Do you remember right at the kickoff, um, the ball immediately went out towards sort of Evra and Suarez was chasing onto it. Um, Evra came storming in, going in to put a big challenge. Ferdinand was coming in as well. Yeah, the last yeah. minute, Suarez dodged out of the way and Evra and Ferdinand collided in a big way. It's just like, if you're going in for some revenge, that probably couldn't have gone any worse. As far as it nicked a goal off that, oh, God. Place would have erupted. All right. If, uh, I don't know, it was uh, Gary Sprake, by the way. I had a little Google of his name. So he, yeah. he's the most notorious uh, keeper for having howlers, and he had two against Liverpool. There's a YouTube video saying whether he was a traitor or a whistleblower. So <laughs> I don't know what else they had going on, but maybe that's trying yeah, to just even the scales from the amount of uh, howlers we've had. <laughs> Someone threw one in for us. All right. So next up, we we had the the question here as to whether Klopp can really be sacked. Um, Seems ridiculous, but six home games in a row now Liverpool have lost. Um, not a great defence of the title. The worst ever, don't you know? 
I do find this really comforting that you've been tagged as the worst defence ever when we literally were 16th. And it's not as if it, you, you were never really in contention that season. At least Liverpool were fighting for a bit. And, and we had no injuries. It's just all of our players were shit. Like, yeah. that, that Chelsea one where obviously I didn't want them to win, but it actually wasn't even that funny anymore when they were losing games because <laughs> you were legit just expecting it. Yeah. It was, it was, I've never experienced a season like that. That was so weird. But anyway, uh, with, with Klopp, so Klopp did a press conference yesterday after the game, as he asked to. Um, he was asked, of course, how much longer, <laughs> how much longer is this going to carry on? Can you keep your job like this? And he said, if there is somebody who thinks that there's another manager who can do better than if there is somebody out there who thinks there is another one who can do better than me, then they have to make that decision. That is clear. And then he said essentially that as far as he's aware, that's not been communicated to him, that he's under any pressure or that kind of thing. And then he compared it to his time at Dortmund before he left and he said things are worse at Liverpool at the moment because <laughs> at least at, Dor- at least at Dortmund they knew that the winter break was coming and the players were going to be coming back, but the players aren't coming back for Liverpool, that's, he said. That's reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you see a world in which you get sacked, CKR? Are your owners ruthless enough? Because it's, it's, it's not like we're talking about Chelsea's owners here. Yeah, you feel like you might have already got the chop, don't you? Um, Chelsea. Uh, no, I, I don't think they are... Uh, I don't think they are ruthless enough at this point. You know, if if you have another six games like this again, maybe we're we're revisiting the conversation. But uh, I don't I don't think so. I don't personally envisage a world in which it happens. I think it's purely on as long as long as he wants the job, I think he'll retain it. But are you Gerard? I also didn't envisage we would be this quite this bad. So <laughs> I think everyone can see it's like a lot to do with the injuries. Uh, we spoke about it in the week. However, I would say to Klopp that this high line you're playing with Davis, Nat Phillips, or Nat, whatever it is, it is Nat Phillips, isn't it? Um, yeah, Davis can't even get a game. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why did we bother with this? Yeah, like try, playing that high line with this team is mental. And that's why ultimately Fulham looked like they were going to score quite a lot at the weekend for a team that don't really create a lot of chances. So you would kind of think that, well, hang on, this really isn't working. Let's just sit back for a bit and play counter-attacking with, with supposedly the three best forwards in the league and let them carry us for a bit until we get our players back. I, I do question... Clark, to carry us. Yeah. I do, yeah, I do question Klopp in this moment just for that because I think there's other managers out there that would be a bit more pragmatic instead of saying, right... Don't care if the players aren't here, we're playing the same way. If we win, we win, but we're probably going to lose. And I think that's the way he's approaching the games at the moment. Yeah, there, there is definitely an arrogance there in terms of a failure to adapt to the situation he's in, which is also like translating into the, the players in the squad. It, unfortunately, they're coming off the back of a title-winning season and that complacency, that, that, that comfortable sort of mentality of, well, we've got a title in the bag, we've got Champions League, Champions League the season before that... That's where sort of that morale and that intensity really, really drops off. And Liverpool are a team at the moment which really thrive off a lot of intensity. And you're not really seeing that in that squad. I think it was I think it was Gary Neville who made a really good point that you just don't see you don't feel like that goal's coming. 
They don't, you know, when you're up against them, they don't feel as they, Carragher. Yeah, you don't feel Stumble. like you you don't feel like they're going to score. Like I, I, if you think of Liverpool last season, yeah, like you know, it was, it was like ruthless in front of goal. But you just, it's not the same. It's not the same. That that drive isn't there. Mentality midgets, Carragher called him. I was thinking, can he get away with using midgets? That seems like <laughs> I feel like he'd get yeah, caught. risky. Risky. Implying the midgets don't have the right mentality. There was a yeah. phase when we were going to bring in midget news as a feature each week, but mm. we did we did go away from that. Class oh, is tight, you know. It's not Jack. I don't know what replay you've seen, but oh, he's no, literally he's literally caught it. Yeah, I can see it. That's <laughs> um, bit of a power play by Klopp there. He, he came out swinging in that interview yesterday. But it was more of a body shots kind of thing. He, he he was doing it under the radar because he was saying these things without kind of sticking it on the earners. But he has essentially said, look, you think you can find someone better, then do it. And then he did say after about, do you, do you worry that in the summer players are going to want to leave you now to play Champions League football? And he did say quite up front, if, if there's a player that wants to leave us just to play Champions League football, then I don't want him to be part of my squad anyway. I mean, that is the, that is a great message to send out. It's the right thing to say. But do imagine if they did all call his bluff, they would have walked in, but well, look, I'm, not, I'm not staying. I'm not going to get a Champions League. I did I also think the thing is, we won't I've be out of the Champions League very long. It's like, have you... I don't know if you know the history of this club in the last 10 years or so, but we weren't in it that much before you came. I've always found the the thing of wanting to play in the Champions League at all costs as being strange. When, and I understand that at Liverpool in recent years that has been a legit chance. But say you say you go to I don't know, let's say in recent like, years, then it was like yes, you're playing Champions League football, but what you, you're going to play in the group stage and that's it. Yeah, and then and then go out. I, I do think some players use it as a cop-out, don't they? Um, and I know we said this before with um, with you, with Arsenal players who've said this before. Was It was always ironic when you had a player who had played a part in failing to qualify for the Champions League would say, yeah. I've got to leave to join the Champions League. Clubs. I was like, well, hang on a minute. I think like, it puts you on a stage, doesn't it? It gives you a bit of a platform to perform on because... If you're playing for like Genk, there's no other way you're getting noticed unless you're playing the Champions League. Yeah. Frank, Freddie Lundberg, I remember, said he was leaving us to go and uh, win win some more trophies. And he went to West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, go, I, I just think if, if you don't get Champions League, then the rebuild is going to be a bit more difficult in regards to the squad players. This, is, this season's highlighted... How how thin your squad is. Where mm. if you lose a lot of your first teamers, there isn't anything that really backs it up. Um, mm. And if you want to get, say for example, if you want to go and get a decent backup player or even a a new forward and put Firmino on the bench or something like that, then the guarantee of European football, they think in their head, well, I'm definitely going to play some games because there's so many games in the season, etc. Um, plus. I just think if teams that don't get Champions League football, they find it so hard to rebuild. The financial implications, oh. especially currently, obviously, with the COVID situation, yeah. it must be huge as well. It must yeah. have an effect. Yeah, you've got to find £30 million to pay for, for Kabak, or I assume you'll be purchasing. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's a guaranteed buy, isn't it? He's done it again, was... Michael Edwards, with that option. Yeah. <laughs> he, looks, Liverpool... he looks like the type of bloke I would assume would do his job. He looks the part, doesn't he? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What were you going to say, Alex? I was going to say, obviously, Liverpool... Um, who they got in the Champions League? I've completely forgotten. Leipzig. Leipzig. Yeah, it, it, it's easy to forget that, obviously, they are still in the Champions League and they can still easily go on a cup run. They're still in the FA Cup as well, aren't they? No. No. We need to get knocked out by. I can't even remember that. United. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, typical. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but you're still, you're still in the Champions League and, you know, Klopp is a manager who can put a cup run together. I mean, let's not forget, this is a scene that has won a Premier League and a Champions League. Yeah, but he can, you know, he can get them there. I think um, we would need a fortune draw. I'd love, not, not like the to... way people have said, "Oh, Klopp's just gonna, he's just gonna go go for the Champions League instead." Like it's just that easy. I saw Poet and the boys discussing for Liverpool and Arsenal about just let's focus on Europe. It's like these two, these two teams do not have options where they can just focus on. <laughs> yeah, believe you. Me. I, 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 I disagree. Um, Go back onto sort of like the financial side of things. I get what you're saying about you know not making Champions League football, certain amount of revenue for the club not being there. Um, but in terms of a rebuilding thing, I mean, let's not forget Liverpool are a massive club, regardless of whether they've got Champions League football or not. Um, and you know they have got an immense amount of quality in their squad already. I don't think they'll be in a position. Yeah, it's not at a the rebuild, end of the season. Either, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's never going to be a rebuild, and you know. It's kind of you know they'll have the hopefully you know next season have those players that they've lost through injury this season back so you know you could quite easily see you know like like Chelsea have done in the past where they've um, had their blip seasons they've been out of the Champions League and um, they've you know they're oh, and they haven't even been in Europe and the conversation of ah oh, well they haven't got those European nights to worry about so they should be able to smash the league or probably turns to that conversation um, if it goes yeah, in that direction well no because I don't think Liverpool are dropping out the top six. No, no, no. I, 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 yeah, I definitely agree. Let me tell you that 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 Europa travel—that's a whole different ball game. (laughs) We we spoke about this though a couple of weeks ago, where um, and it was more towards sort of the top four even. But there does still seem to be this assumption that Liverpool are just going to at some point turn the corner and go on a run. Where in truth, you've got ten games left in the season for them. There's no sign that that's going to happen. I think I'm it's more saying, about everyone else's. I'm not saying they're never going to win a game again. But I, I, I don't foresee this sort of run that some people think is going to go on before between now and the end of the season. It's funny. It's funny they mentioned this because I was just saying to Luke before uh, Jack and you came on, I was having the same chat with uh, a guy at work today, sort of looking at the table at the moment and this sort of getting to that start of the season, part of the season now where you're looking at the uh, looking at the fixtures like Chelsea Everton tonight and it's sort of saying, sort of saying oh God, I could do with what what result could you do with for your team to start to get into that top four, move move up the table in the decisive part of the season? I was sort of thinking about the Chelsea Everton result tonight. Obviously, Everton do have a game in hand and they are ahead on points. You'd expect, uh, but I still find myself that I want Chelsea to lose because I want the momentum killed. But I'm kind of just assuming that Everton, West Ham, even Leicester are going to drop off. And the the normal yeah. culprits, Liverpool, Spurs, even Arsenal are going to slowly edge back up the table a little bit. You know, it's not going to be... I, I just keep on assuming that these teams, Everton, West Ham and Leicester, are going to drop off. <laughs> you know, quite, quite disrespectful because particularly Leicester, 
it, you know, there's not really any sign that they are going to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I'm looking at that at the moment, and I'm just assuming Liverpool are going to get back up there. I yeah, it may uh, not happen. No, no, absolutely. I don't, I don't think. I think we look a worse team than all of those mentioned like, by far currently. Well, we look like the worst team in the league currently, don't we? On form, but I, I, yeah, I just don't see this happening. I, to answer the original question, Luke, with concerns over club, I think the only way in which concerns would grow would be is if this form was to continue in the early part of next season, and yeah, then you'd probably say, yeah. "Well, questions being asked because whatever they do over the summer, presumably you're going to have your players back from injury, and if that is, then." The sort of the speculation, which always happens around this time, that there's got to be something wrong in the camp. That's when you'd really, really having a look at it. Well, he 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 referenced that, and he said um, prior to what other people say, he say we aren't out partying after every win, and we're not out punching each other after every loss. He said it's somewhere <laughs> in the middle, as you'd expect. So, I, I think, do, do you think any of the do you think? Um, do you think he has any trouble holding on to any of the players in that squad that are quite crucial at the moment after this season? No, I think we've always said that there's few managers in the league that the players seem more willing to fight for. And mm. I think this is where it counts. Because there's no, they tried to sort of hint, uh, like last week, they tried to sort of spin a storyline where there might be a bit of unhappiness for Salah um, at the club. When he got subbed off, or was it he didn't start? He's always unhappy when he off. gets subbed, though. You have the same with Alexis. You yeah, like when he gets subbed. But it's how it's how it's spun. It was kind of like the way that the article was wrote was indicating always oh, there a problem there. Is Klopp starting to say that he's not happy with Salah in that respect? It's just sort of that, you know. It's it does feel mainly it, uh, it does feel mainly very tabloidy sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, gossip columns as it stands. But would someone like Salah, you know? If they could get a decent amount of money for him, would they just cash in and, and have a look at it? I, I wonder. I do wonder. It might work in your favour, it? It might oh, be you and it's get, get your checkbook out. It might do. Yeah, yeah, they, they might be uh, triggered by it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think he'll be going anywhere. I think there are enough teams bad enough in this league that things aren't going to get too bad for you and I say that after you have just lost to Fulham but <laughs> I, I don't think that's uh, oh it's going to last it's, yeah I don't think a rebuild's needed although if you go by my Twitter I, you can I gonna, pinpoint all of this I, I, I think James re- Milner this is all on James <laughs> Milner <laughs> like when, when I say rebuild I look at it and I think they need so much more depth than they have and they've had that age-old problem where their starting eleven is set. Their depth stone. isn't that bad. I don't, I, this is this is a myth. Yeah, I I, I agree with Luke. I, their defence is a real exaggeration. Their, their defence is threadbare for a start. And then yeah, look how many players are out. No, yeah, I know. That, that's the problem. If, if, if you don't have those players, yeah, but that, that's that's what's going to happen. If you they've if got you've got you, you've got your starting eleven, you've got your starting eleven. And they, you lose your key defensive players in your starting eleven. You put on your subs. Of course, you're going to be no, nobody's three tiers deep with backups. They've got two left backs. They've got two right backs, and they've got a handful of centre backs. Not many teams have more than that by choice. It's they've the quality of the backups, depth. though. That, that's what I'd say. I mean, so you're so you're saying you're saying that well, the quality of centre backs isn't bad. When you look, you've got Matip, 
Van Dyke, Joe Gomez, that's already a solid three. And usually that that's that's enough to cover you for most games. Yeah. You've got Simicash as your backup left back who's decent. And you've got some young lads coming through. I know, I know that their results wouldn't necessarily suggest it, but I'd say they arguably got the best the, defensively. They've got the second best backup options in the league behind City. <sighs> I'm not sure about better. that. Who, who's got better defensive options backup-wise? Well, Leicester at any given point will have one of Johnny Evans, Fafana or Soyuncu on the bench. That's not bad. I'd actually... That's yeah, that's I'd one. Take that's a lot of our backup to be, to be fair... Over like, the Liverpool I, ones in isolation. I think I'm looking at this in blue-tinted specs because I look at Chelsea's back at defenders and we've got like Zuma, Rudiger, Christensen, Thiago Silva. And that's um, what I meant by choice because if Chelsea yeah. could shift a handful of them, they would. That is true. Like, look, look to, to go with Arsenal, I mean, you're not going to keep a lot of this depth and we had depth more than we wanted. So you get rid of some players and it does leave you short, but not everyone can have that city kind of depth. So I don't think Liverpool's is too much worse than everyone else's. It's just the amount that there are when you have the midfield injuries as well, then they're having to make up for it. Yeah, I've, I think we, we need a, a little bit more depth. But as you say, in terms of the amount of injuries, no one's really going to be able to cater for that, like I said, outside of City. And in a way, they've kind of... Uh, maybe tilted everyone's expectations a bit where, you know, everybody wants to, as AJ put it, go that sort of like three tiers deep, which no other team can really do, can they? So they're in a sell, sell Salah and spend it like the bail money. And that Saldado's still doing the job. Are you trying to... <laughs> we'll go pick him up. He is. He is, yeah, he is. We, we've got the North London derby on Sunday, unfortunately. Oh, that's Big man. Yeah, just the Spurs have come back into form. <laughs> Bail. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> He's sort of scoring against us and Kane, obviously. Harris Kane. Kane could do his ACL on Wednesday and he'd be fit for Sunday. With Arsenal at the moment, I'm annoyed by the performances, but it doesn't last as long as it, it does normally. It's more the circumstances because I've already written off the league and there quite literally is almost nothing to play for other than pride, which went a long time ago for me this season. (laughs) Um, I was annoyed by the way the referees have been, but after that, it's like, well, a win on Sunday was what, taking us up to ninth? I can't be too unhappy either way about that. But, I mean, we could have done a whole topic today on what a handball was. I did have... Still, um, we still be none the wiser. Yeah. Um, Luke Jenkins messaged me and suggested a topic, and it was kind of a... Uh, back in the day, football was better with this kind of thing, so we can have that in the, in the locker. Kind of followed on from uh, your article, TK, about... Uh, the way the punditry is now when we're overanalyzing a refereeing decision rather than a great goal, etc. Et yeah, yeah, horrendous, isn't it? But by the way, the uh, the post-match analysis on Spurs, you'd have thought they lost for one. <laughs> I, I did watch in, it. Soon as in key, I just saw a clip of it. They just basically just hammered Spurs and Bale. <laughs> it's like, 
they just played really well, and you, you wouldn't have known it looking like that. Well, Keane, Keane's done the thing which, which we've all done, um, or myself have done it more times than I can count, where you, you go in so far on something that you actually can't go back. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so Keane, because they asked him straight after, last week after he had his rounds, and he's like, yeah, I mean, it's all right, I mean, what do you want me to say? It's like, <laughs> look who it is. Yeah, beat. once he's called them average, he can't really go anywhere, can he? No. Oh. There we go. Um, I think that should just about do us. We still got two more topics to do, uh, TK, so we can let Jack see the last 20 minutes of the Chelsea game. The nice of Everton could pull two back, but looking unlikely. Um, <laughs> and. Alex might have an early night and we know what he's like. <laughs> oh, see you later, yeah. guys. Yeah, see a woman, there, Alex, there was a there was a woman who set a world record earlier for um, traversing over a pit of lava. And right. you won't do half a marathon in a wetsuit. <laughs> Just showed levels. Hey, really. uh, don't do don't, yeah, but I said I would take photographs for your OnlyFans account. Don't you forget that. That's that is kind you. of heroic. <laughs> a treat for you, that is. <laughs> Told you these hips don't lie. But anyway, <laughs> we'll bid you farewell. Cheers, uh, on the thanks. result next um, week. We might not need you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll oh, let you know. Dear. It sounds like we're going to need a draw if we're both going to be on then. No, I yeah, won't exactly. pussy out even if we lose. Even if we lose, I won't pussy out. All right, in a bit. All right, cheers, bye. Bye. Well, now we've got rid of them. <laughs> Two more topics to get into then. So if we start with All-Star Weekend that we've just had, um, I know you watched back some of the coverage earlier before we did the pod. I stayed up for the first two. They did the dunk contest um, a little later than expected, so I didn't see that. Do you have any real excitement for it? Do you mean as a whole? Yeah. I still do, but then I, I don't know if it feels to me like NBA fans, whether this is accurate or not, in their minds, remember the All-Star Weekend being a bigger thing than it is now. So therefore, it feels like a diminished product. Whereas, obviously, the entire time I've been watching it is mainly people have been questioning, is it as good? Does it need yeah. to be done? Or whatever. And each time I've watched it, I thought, well, I've enjoyed it. But So so maybe I'm uh, kind of out of the norm. Yeah. The audience is watching this. I tend to enjoy, I mean, we're going to go into others, but for sure, I enjoy it more than any other all-star weekend in American sports. Um, mm. The three-point contest is the new dunk contest. Um by kind of the metrics in terms of how much people talk about it. And that lived up to the hype last night. I, I mean, I thought Tatum was going to do a job at one point. I know, I know. And the the, uh, the commentary for it was kind of just basically writing off anyone other than Curry. And I was thinking, he's and uh, Donovan Mitchell went on a, a spree at one point. But uh, yeah, yeah, I thought I thought Tatum was going to nail it for a sec. Yeah, I um, I put a treble on beforehand to kind of give me some interest while watching. <laughs> um, 
and I was reading up a couple of other people's opinions on there because they essentially said like don't go anywhere near Chris Paul for the skills contest because several of these players think they're too cool to kind of do it and Luka Doncic was another one so they narrowed it down I went for Julius Randle partly Nick's bias but mainly because he does seem to be a guy that just goes 100 miles an hour all the time um saw someone else say that Sabonis was the guy to go for, even though he was the lowest ranked guy there, the best odds, but he was just going to put more effort in than everyone else. And of course he did win it. Um, <laughs> Julius Randall went out in the first round. So that was <laughs> the end of my treble. Um, I then had uh, Donovan Mitchell to win the three point contest. I thought he was going to have a bit of a point to prove after the insults that came his way that I don't know how insulting they were, but he took offence to it. I was going to say he clearly did, judging by the interview. It's never nice being picked last, but there's a difference between being picked last compared to some of the people in like your school year and being picked last in a field with the Greek freak, Steph Curry, and so on and so on. I, I know it's not bad, as it? it's not bad. To be in. He has he has kind of seemingly pulled more attention to the fact that he got picked last by yeah. getting off the interview as well. And then the thing LeBron said, uh, we are admittedly LeBron stands, so I didn't read too much into it. I did think it was probably true what he was saying, where he said, it's the thing with Utah. I mean, when they had Carl Malone and John Stockton, still no one was playing as Utah on 2K. I mean, he's not wrong, is he? It's just uh, whether you want... The biggest, uh, the biggest star in the sport to be saying it's, it's only what a fan would say. But it's... I saw a tweet and it said it was good reporting to ask Donovan Mitchell what he thought on LeBron's comments about playing as Utah in 2K. It would have been great reporting to ask Donovan Mitchell if he ever played as Utah on 2K before he was drafted by them. <laughs> see how, uh, see how good he is with the lie. We've had some great all-star games in the last couple of years. I used to book it off work um, <laughs> back in the call centre days. Um, mainly just had holidays to use up or you just try and get it on your week when you were doing the half 10, half 6 so you could stay up and watch it. But there's been a few kind of pops bigger in recent years that I remember than the first year after KD had gone to the Warriors and he threw up the alley-oop for Russ in the All-Star game. And I remember that being mental. You had the pictures, you had the memes and them celebrating, and it was kind of them putting this animosity to bed that they apparently had. So you're probably fortunate they had that sort of storyline now, though, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, half the thing is the drama. I don't think if we had... Like an all-star game in the Premier League. It would be cool for one game to see De Bruyne setting up Salah and so on and so on. Agreed. It would be and it'd be fun to see how they interact with each other and stuff like that. I I think it'd be great fun. I mean we as a nation sit down and watch soccer aid. So if there's football on, we will watch it. And if you call it any kind of event, we'll we're even more likely to watch it because it's not like we're getting big names in soccer aid. So it, it, it would be a thing and it would work. And maybe that does put into context. I mean, 
seeing LeBron play with Steph Curry is fun, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance. I thought that was it was great fun watching them together as well, watching the highlights of the game. Yeah. Obviously, Steph was doing Steph things, pulling up from the logo and all that. But, yeah. uh, sorry. For me, it is, it is a, the, old, the game for me is, isn't worth much more than the highlights. I know they try and say they're putting more of an emphasis on defence every year. Doesn't really They never happen. are, are they? Nobody wants to get injured doing it. If and then, you see someone pulling up from free, no one really is looking to get in his no. way. Let's see if he take, let him take the shot. I hope he misses. And they've they've tried putting incentives in. So you have, um, by my understanding, they changed the supermax, didn't they? Where if you were an all star, then you could get this added incentive on your deal yeah. in your seventh, eighth, yeah. or ninth season when you get an extension, and it can be worth thirty five percent of the salary cap. So it's certainly worth it there. Because there was some, was it? I don't think it was. Was it Clay that was? Because you have to be first. You have to be in the first team, don't you? To earn it. yeah, you be first yeah, team. it was Clay. And they told him in an interview, and he was like, "Well, if you're telling me I'm not one of the best in my position in the league, then fair enough." But yeah, they had so it because everyone was saying about how it's going to affect you know the money you can make and stuff. Yeah. So in, in baseball, it used to be that the winner of the All-Star game, their conference got home field advantage in the World Series. And they changed that in 2015, I think. Right. But it did ensure that people were at least playing to win because that's obviously a massive thing. <laughs> I, think, I think it was something like, at the time, I think something like 70% or 68 or something like that of the who had home field advantage in the World Series was winning it. Right, right, right. But then they changed it to be done on merit, which makes more sense, but just a bit less fun and takes something away from their all-star game. Tricking off the beast as well. I feel like you've got to sell. <laughs> you got to sell yeah. it. I've never seen, if you think, the defence is bad. I'm sure you've watched it before in the, the NBA All-Star game. Have you ever watched the NHL one? No. It's bad. <laughs> like when, I, when you say the defence is bad, like you're looking at like seven, eight, nine goals each just Jeez. flying in. But then the skills challenges there are very cool. Agreed. I've watched some of those. Yeah. So... For me, it, it, it's, it's a fun thing. I don't think it's necessary. But the Pro Bowl is the worst because having it at the end of the season is ridiculous as it is because you're losing a load of the best players, theoretically, because they should be in the Super Bowl. And in a sport like that, nobody really wants to put their body on the line for the sake of it. Yeah, you're not really committed, edge. <laughs> committing for a friendly are you there? This season, they should have just said who won the All-Star votes, and that should have been enough. You didn't need to do a whole weekend about it. Yeah, maybe. It's... All the players said, essentially, look, we'll do it if we have to, but they'd rather have a week off home with their families. It does seem to be 
a growing mentality that as well, isn't it? Which does undermine the whole thing because <laughs> the players don't want really want to be there. Yeah, they seem to usually. I think it's just the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and having yeah. to travel around as it is. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you put it like that. But those networks have got to get the bang for their buck. Yeah, certainly have. That would so, be yeah, great I mean, in the prem. I would, I would love it in the prem actually. Yeah, that would be great. there's there's so many little things you could do for the skills contest as well, but. We seem, I, don't, I could see too many people, you know, you'd hear the word Americanized being floated around as if that's always a bad thing. That's it, because predominantly I am all for protecting uh, the sport against being Americanized and stuff. I think we've probably got enough, but I don't think that's uh, sort of, a, like you said, a negative aspect of the thing that, no. know, plenty of positive things we can take. I think that would be one of them without, and, and you can do it in our own way. We're not, we're not, you know, yeah. make this an American product. To be fair, or go the whole hog and in one international break, have a Champions League all-star game. Yeah. Not yeah. just Champions League, do it where you vote, do it through FIFA or something, do the Messi and Ronaldo as captains and let them pick from the players there. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? I used to have, a, I think it was like, it might have been like the Euro 2004 game on PC, where you did the thing with the computer where you essentially picked faces. It used to be unreal. <laughs> but if we go on to the UFC, because it was a hell of a card. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. So, I mean, big card on paper. It started at quarter past 10 in the evening and finished about 7 a.m. <laughs> so, they certainly got the most of their filler and all sorts. Because I think I tuned in at quarter past 10 expecting they probably wouldn't start the fights to 11. Yeah. By 20 past, they had two in the octagon. <laughs> he started off with a KO from Trevin Jones against one of the best mullets in the game on Mario Bautista, which is a great name in itself, but also ruined a lot of Akers from the jump. Yeah, re-rack immediately. Yeah. You then had uh, Euros Medic who went in and put in, well, the performance of the night, according to Dana, with the performance bonuses. Um, new guy in the UFC, I know where uh, Joe Rogan was hyping him up, and he put on a clinic uh, and then got a first-round knockout and then was overly fanboying on Rogan in the interview after. Well, I don't know if you've seen it, but when I say he was doing the works, he, he was giving it the... Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night. <laughs> he was saying like he only wanted to win the fight to have the chance to speak to Rogan and how he wishes that he could go out there and be in the octagon speaking with him. We're definitely going to do this again, my friend, and all sorts. Oh my god, he was going in. Um, oh, oh, stinky one there, it's good. You then had Amanda Lemos who came out with hammers that you, you rarely see in women's MMA, ended up slumping uh, Livia Souza with a jab. So we had three fights, three stoppages to start the night. Sean Brady then put on a clinic against Jake Matthews, got a sub in the third, impressive performance. And then I think this is when you tuned, tuned in, you had that um, Kennedy and Zechiku who came in against the hot prospect 
in yes. Carlos Olberg. He only had three fights. He was on the Contender Series. He had Izzy bigging him up and all sorts. Um, it turns out his striking was great, but his defence wasn't. Looked very much like someone who was trying to make an impression as well, wasn't he? Very uh, kind of over-eager for everything yeah. he was doing. He was looking like he was just emptying the tank and rushing everything, which eventually I think came up to back to bite him because I think he was knackered by the end. Well, he looked a bit too easy at first. He landed everything and those guys where it does seem that if they put their hands up, there actually isn't a way through. Like They are legit blocking everything like it's a video <laughs> game. And he seems to have that on lock. And then you had a big finish there. So we were four for four. Uh, sorry, four. Five for five, sorry, finishes to start the night. And then just to end the fight past prelims, you had Tim Elliott putting a beat down on Espinosa and then calling him a woman beater in the middle of the octagon right in front of the cameras. Well, I got a conversation heated. with him. <laughs> saying I've seen the pictures and all sorts. Yeah, um, didn't shake hands or anything after either, did they? No, he claims that it wasn't for anyone to hear. He didn't know the cameras were right there. I mean, you are on national TV. So you've got to assume <laughs> you think. But in fairness, he probably doesn't know how loud he's saying it in the moment either. No, maybe he thought he was getting away with it, but still... It's probably something that helps him in training camp as well. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I don't know anything about Espinosa, but if that is true, then he probably deserves what he got there. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a defence, you don't know the whole story isn't a great one. <laughs> like, no, no. Saying that in the old score, I think he said, I think it first said, you don't know shit. And then he said, I know enough. And he was like, uh, you don't know the whole story. It's like, not really... It's going to have to be a hell of a story. Uh, You then started the proper prelims. Kai Kara France gets battered for about four minutes. Crazy fight. And then slumps Bontarin on his head. And Herb Dean's been getting a lot of critique here. Usually, I'm all for it. I genuinely don't think Herb felt he needed to overly wave things off when your man is head first on the canvas. So you think it was, it was a given? It was obvious. So I thought it was. Like obviously, if it's not clear to Cara France, then he hasn't done the job right. But I thought because he stepped across him that look, we know he's done. But yeah, I just I just wonder if because of his. Because of Herb's past as well. Yeah. Whether you do have to be really clear this fight is over. And, and I'm sure we'll come back to the to the officials with the uh, Sterling and Jan. Fight. Yeah. The, I am always amazed by the lack of clarity and sort of decisiveness officials have. They seem yeah. to... Um, uh, what's the word? But diver anyway, I guess. Is, yeah. Is, and when you think this is the one job where you've got to be crystal clear on things. And I do think that they're guessing it a lot. Hey, we had that with no nonsense and they tried to get him out of there, saying he smelled like booze and fags. <laughs> get him back in. Me and Rory do, well, we do clamour for him to be in there every week, but nobody listens to us. No. Yeah, that, that one, I suppose Herb does have prior for that as well, where he kind of steps away like it's finished and then kind of says, no, come on, I'll yeah. stop the fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I'm pretty sure it was him that did the uh, Chris Weidman Jackery fight, one of my favourites for my man, the alligator, where he looked done and then <laughs> her made him land another couple. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You then had um, Askar Askarov, which is a great name, um, beating the hell out of Joseph Benavidez, who is really shot to bits. Yeah, he's done, isn't he? He was shot beforehand and then Figueredo beating the life out of him for two that was fights one of the in more, a row. One of the more confident legs of my acca that was backing against him, I'll be honest, because wow. yeah, I, I did think he was on a steady decline anyway. And I, I thought the Figueredo fights wouldn't have done anything to help that. I obviously didn't get the memo there because I did back Benavides. Um, <laughs> my thinking was, similar to the reason I backed Dominic Cruz, that even when they're not looking great, you look at the guys they've lost to. Yeah, yeah, true. Benavidez has lost to um, Demetrius Johnson twice. He's lost to um, Figueredo twice, and he's lost to Sergio Pettis once. Well, that's pretty. Yeah, it's true. He only ever does lose to the the top guys, doesn't he? Tends to. <laughs> he did get a robbery over. Uh, Henry Zahuda, which I've not forgotten, but still. Yeah, that was my thinking. And then after about 15 seconds, I thought, okay, yeah. As I said, I did think Askarov was about 40. When they popped up saying 28, I genuinely thought they got it wrong. Tough old, <laughs> tough old life, isn't it? Him and Jan are both, uh, both 28. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fair play to Megan Olivia because she, she she did carry on working the rest of the night. So. True pro. Um, that was then you had Kyler Phillips. Accepted, like, look, he's just going to lose from yeah. that one. It's <laughs> just, just part of the job now. Kyler Phillips, who looked great. I thought he was unfortunate not to get a performance bonus. Uh, yeah, you're right. Great. Again, so another one of my boys, Song Yudong. Um, the Chinese fighters in the UFC do have a habit of killing me because... <laughs> I think every time I've backed Song Yudong and every time I've backed the leech, they've tossed me. And then I back Ponzinibbio against the leech and he then slumps him. So can't win. Still do love them both, though. Um, yeah, you're yeah, right. Great Phillips performance probably right? deserves more props than he got in there because obviously, you know, it's probably fabulous yeah. down the guard. But yeah, that was a great performance. Um, you then had Dominic Cruz, who first win in five years against Casey Kenny who is a, is a decent enough fighter, certainly very tricky. It's not someone who's like a basic guy to get in there against who's going to, if they're just going to be on the front foot or they've got a good jab, it's something that he's really had to kind of tailor for. And I don't think it wasn't vintage Cruz, but I thought he looked, I thought he looked pretty good. He, he looked a lot better than I thought he would, actually. I guess this works in complete opposite to what I've just said about Benavidez, where logically you'd think, like you said, Cruz doesn't even look good. Uh, in years but you, if you were back him you're thinking you're going with your heart of your head probably thinking he can roll back the years but he looked like I said I don't know if they were prime crews but he looked like he'd be a problem for most of the division I mean the, the guys he, he's lost to in that time is Cody Garbrandt and Henry Tejudo yeah yeah exactly so not too bad and then just before that he had a razor thin win over uh, TJ Dillashaw so not bad company. And he only got 60 grand for that, by the way. For what? 
that with Dominic Cruz. What, on Saturday? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, he rose far down the card by his standards, wasn't he? But Jesus. It's by his contract a lot. I know Rakic made um, nearly 200k, so. Okay. Cruz really does love the fight. Yeah. I mean, I do think he gets a fairly significant paycheck for his commentary business, so. He's certainly not hard, hard, uh, hard off. Um, but he then calls out the sponsor. <laughs> that was weird, wasn't it? I don't know if it was just because weird because it was Cruz or what, but it was really weird. In fairness, if you look up the guy, it's very understandable. I'm sure he is a total scumbag. Dane has gone at him before, but Dana knows now you don't mess the money up. <laughs> Which is why he was saying about Cruz, yeah, I, well, I don't know why he did that. I don't know why he's doing that. Oh, was he? Classic Dana. Uncle I did Dana. see people calling out Rogan for uh, cutting him off. I was like, well, that's kind of, he's, he was always going to. Yeah. Yeah, because my, my brother texted me yesterday and he, he, he said, I don't, like, why was Dana so annoyed? And I said, well, he is a sponsor. And he's like, well, this is Uncle Dana. He, he doesn't care about anything. <laughs> you let that slide. That's what, you don't get in the way of Dana and his money, I'm afraid. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. He's uh, pretty particular on that. So, yeah, Dana has called him out for similar before. Apparently, he like, leverages um, like the monster sponsorships about the guys that will take pictures with him and like invite him down to their gym and kind of big him up like that guy, the rich guy who maybe you let him have a decent little go with you in sparring and tell him how good he is and that kind of thing. He just says he's a poser, basically. A rich man's Joe Fournier. Yeah. Cruz said that he doesn't like the thought that when he has to have a picture taken with him, people think they're friends. He's like, the day was wherein, if I get a picture with Conor McGregor, people think me and Conor McGregor are friends, when really I could have just said, hey, Conor, can I have a picture of you? And he said, that's pretty much what it is here. I don't want people thinking I'm friends with that man just because I'm being leveraged by a sponsorship. I see. Weird. That obviously would have been his head going in. That's quite weird. Yeah. Cruz is, is, is very much a I don't think you can kind of let, say a little comment with him. It's going to stick with him. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. You then had Rakic and Santos in what looked like the obvious barn burner of the night and was actually the worst fight of the night. Mm. Genuinely yeah. tough to watch. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great, was it? And Rakic after in his interview said that he took his soul, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so the less said about that one, the better. Makachev then goes in and dominates Drew Dober. Friend of the pod, Drew Dober. I'm, I'm not a fan of Makachev either, but very impressive. Yeah, that's it, because Dober's no slouch, is he? But uh, no. made, light, made light work of him. did think Dober, I mean, it's not, he wasn't exactly disguising the fact he was going to give for a take down. Dober no. <laughs> seemingly was kind of unprepared for this. But uh, yeah, like you said, I think how good when he is. guys are that good, like, you can prep. Pro- you could probably have an extra year training for that fight, and it's not going to make too much difference. No, no exactly. Then, then we had kind of the talking point of the night. We had 
Aljamain Sterling defeating Petr Jan by disqualification. Um, great fight until it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I mean, it was a shame it ended like that for various reasons, but the fact that a good fight will be forgotten about is one of the main yeah. ones. Sterling came out like a steam train. Like, is He kind of tried being similar to how he fought Pedro Munoz, where essentially a guy that wants to stand and bang with you you don't give them chance to you put them on the back foot and don't give them the opportunity to get their own strikes off yeah and Henry Cejudo did a did a little bit about this and he said from your training camp one of the things you need to work out is what is your threshold like it's all well and good saying I'm going to do what I do for three rounds or five rounds but that that doesn't happen so you've got to work out what can you do to still have that style and also extend it. And it looked like Sterling maybe got carried away because he was landing so much or maybe he, he thought that he could get him out of there, but he expended a lot of effort within the first two rounds. And the ironic thing is, he, he might not have even won him. No, like the first one you... I thought could have gone either way. The second one I thought was pretty conclusively for Sterling, but when you think like you, when you've put that much effort in, you think you've got to make yeah, sure you've yeah. for certain got these rounds. And I think there's an argument that you maybe they didn't even get them. Because Peter Yan, I think he might be the most well-rounded guy uh, I've ever seen in the UFC. Wow, that's a claim. It's it's insane though because he he can literally do everything. His striking is 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 a joke. Yeah, his strike—it's mad. His gas tank is a joke. His his grappling, for all the talk of how Sterling was the better grappler there, he was getting chucked about. Yeah, he dealt with it fine, didn't he? The, the trips were so nice. The way he was just putting him on his back. He's got the the right amount of. I know you probably aren't a nice guy, like. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I wouldn't be disappointed if I met him and he was an asshole because I know that's what he, he is like. Like he is that guy. And that's yeah. part of his allure, just that he is just this bad Russian dude who is gonna take your soul as Rakic thought he did to Santos. That's the first <laughs> time I've said dude in my life as well, but he's just he's he's just a bad Russian guy that is playing no games. Yeah, he fits the bill perfectly for that, doesn't he? And kind of, I guess, losing a fight by DQ probably only adds to that, strangely. Yeah. Well, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because you should know the rules. Like, hmm. that's yeah. first thought. It is confusing because they have so many different rules in so many different places, but that's a DQ in all of them. That's a, yeah, that's a consistent one. Um, I had money on, on Jan, and as you can see by what I've said, it was, it was a rough night. <laughs> money, had money on Jan and at the point where he was there was enough time that passed where I literally said to myself please don't knee him <laughs> yeah. and then you saw the knee come back and I, please don't knee him <laughs> and then he did and sometimes you see it where it like grazes and that is you're like oh that's, that's, that's a bad one <laughs> yeah 
for for those both both those reasons you just stated really that one how clean it landed but also that it did kind of feel like it was happening in slow motion it this this felt like a very <laughs> conscious decision to do it we've seen some before haven't we where they're doing the replay and they're kind of zooming in closely to see if the knee is on the floor so yeah very close in terms of the time of it this was uh, premeditated sounds stupid because it sounds like it's before the fight but it seems a very conscious decision to do what he did yeah, um, as much as I didn't want to the moment or not, not great. As much as I didn't want him to lose the belt, I've always thought with those where they say it's an accidental knee, and it's like it's clearly not. Like you don't <laughs> accidentally knee someone in the head, and that if they'd called that accidental, I don't know what I'd have done. No, no, and the uh, obviously the thing with 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 we don't know, but it'd be an odd thing for Khabib to make up that the trainer had said. Yeah to do it so that kind of all lends itself to well he did shout something across and i guess that's one of the perks you'd think of it being an empty arena yeah but if it's as simple as him saying shall i hit him then the, the corner could conceivably say yes yes hit him i mean if he s- said can i name then that's that is a different ball game yeah I mean, it does seem odd if he is asking for us, can I hit him in a fight? It just seems yeah. whilst he's got him on the deck. Also, it is very annoying when people stall like that, like where they just kind of grab it and they know their knees are down. Um, Demetrius Johnson had it before when he fought uh, John Dodson and Dodson knew the rules. And every time they, they clinched up like that, he would put his knee down because he knew there was nothing that could be done in that yeah. situation. yeah. Sure. Because Sterling did do that a couple of times where he knew that Jan didn't want to go to the mat and so he could get a bit of air back by kind of hanging onto his legs. And it is annoying, but at the same time, that's what the rules are. And there's plenty of other ways you can you know you can deal with them, isn't there? You don't have to knee them, so No, it's in not... some organ like in Japan, you, you can do that. That's that's a legal shot in Japan. Um, a... <laughs> I don't know where I stand on it because because I saw some fighters after saying, well, it should be legal anyway. And I said, well, that's not the point. It is still, an illegal, it is still illegal in this situation. As we all know, yeah. But then the, same, the, the common response I saw, which I did think fair, was when there was people saying this shouldn't be legal. They put a clip of Yoel Romero flying knee and Chris Weidman and said, but this is okay. It's like, Fair enough. You do make a good point. But those are the rules. And there is some kind of science behind it, like the fact that your head's down like that and there's some rule that basically says the damage is significantly greater when you're down and they've done more research into it than any of us, so I guess those are the guys whose word you've got to take. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that one makes more sense than the the twelve six rule, for example. Yeah, um, yeah, like I say, it's, it's a rule we all know, so it's not it's not hard to. No. The, one of the other things with it is the the widespread reaction that we have seen from fighters and from fans calling him basically he was acting. I was thinking, bloody hell, you lot of son. Yeah, <laughs> he looked the wrecked. The stuff afterwards, like I can understand. Like I'm a I'm a big fan. Piotr Jan. I have been since the first time I saw him in the UFC and I've been yeah, singing yeah. his praises on here. Agreed. You have. It's 
it did feel weird. Like I, I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures of Sterling. So there's a couple of pictures going around of him kind of posing with the belts um, at like an after party after. Which on the one hand, look, I was glad he chucks it on the floor in the cage. Yeah. On the other hand, I can imagine if all his family and friends are there and they're wanting a picture with him, he's not just going to put on a frown in every picture. So people are saying, oh, he wasn't that. He's smiling in pictures later. Others saying he should have been in hospital all night where I'm pretty sure he would have gone to the hospital. The UFC haven't just sent him home. No, he went and to the hospital, one... so it's, it's how, how long is long enough for him is the problem. Is the... There's two pictures. There's one where uh, he's with Moram uh, Devalishvili where they're posing and he's got the belt on his shoulder. And there's another one that's being taken from this after party. And there does always seem to be a sneaky person at these after parties and things. Yeah, he's let his people in. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a picture that's taken where it looks like he's giving kind of a speech. Um, and he's got the belt on his shoulder. Right. But then at the same time, he has been needing the head. So I mean, <laughs> technically... He won the belt. I'm sure if you asked him before, you can lose or you can win it by DQ, he'd probably take the loss. I'm sure most fighters would. There was some saying, oh, well, Anthony Smith didn't do it against John Jones. One, he's an idiot. Two, (laughs) he wasn't caught quite the same. We've seen some before where they deduct a point or they deduct two points. I'm yeah, not sure Sterling would have taken that if he could. <laughs> but this one, there's only so well you can act. And when he tried to get up and he fell back down, that wasn't like how you would act it. That was like he was drunk kind of thing and his legs weren't there. Yeah, I mean, if they'd somehow allowed that to carry on, I mean, Jan would have just had to have touched him and he'd have been out of it. Yeah, I don't... I don't to have the wherewithal to be able to act after just being needed in a headliner, I don't know who these people think these athletes are. It's insane, isn't it? Like, like some of the stuff when when people get accused of it, I think it's ballsy making the accusation, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. With this, no idea what people are on. That. I mean, it's, geez, he was he was a wreck. Well, I mean, and then the, the officials sort of dilly dallying and considering. Well, didn't the ref asked him what he wanted to do? It was like this really isn't the time to be asking no. him. This is out of his hands. I thought um, we've seen before, haven't we, where someone gets low blowed and they're like losing the fight, and you think they're making a meal of this yes, and try and yes. get the DQ. Like Sterling, I, I do think if they'd said to him, "You can carry on," like stand him up, like what's his name, uh, cleverly against Kovalev, ref drag him back to the corner, <laughs> get him back up. And say, right, you can carry on. And he, he probably would have. It would have been horrendous for everyone involved. It would have been a horrible look as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think the, he would have as well. The same people are still saying that it mental Josh Warrington was allowed to carry on. We're calling still in the fake, by the way. This is the kind of thing that you get with Bloody some fight fans. Jesus. I just. It's going to be tough for Sterling going into the rematch because. His body language was all wrong. It was after the second where they said, how'd you feel? And he kind of went, like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it was all wrong, wasn't it? It didn't look good for him at all. 
I think he, he was, was kind of thinking what you were thinking about how well-rounded Jan is. I think he was <laughs> amazed by it. I mean, how am I going to get around this guy? And he was getting pieced up as well. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, on that evidence, something significant would have to change for the pre I, I don't. I would really struggle to make a case for him. And going in, I thought it was a, if not quite a fifty-fifty, I thought pretty close. Probably more people I know had money on Sterling than Jan. I think the odds were kind for him. Uh, but I think there was also, maybe just because of what he did to Sandhagen, there was a. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be an idea that Sterling was just going to be able to go in and do the same, which I, I always thought, even if you can make a case for him, I just think it's, it's never going to be that simple. No, I mean, cause we, we can get back to Nunes, but you had in the uh, Adesanya fights, obviously, the last two rounds he's taken down. Um, People seem to think now that anyone that comes in is just going to have to take him down. Like every opponent before hasn't tried to do exactly that. Like it isn't the most <laughs> obvious case of what to do against the fighter. You won't get a more obvious one than other sign. Yeah, no. yeah, ridiculous. Jan's takedown defense was freakish. Like even up against the cage when his leg was being pinned up. I don't get he, how you can have that center of gravity like that. No, he, he's kind of, he seems like he's kind of the perfect sort of size and weight and everything for the weight as well. He just seems perfectly yeah. made for it. Uh, if you took if you took him and said, like, uh, take the names away, the blank individual, you would say that Sterling going in wasn't the grappler. He wasn't, you know, he was going no. to take what you're thinking, what's he doing? Because Jan was just making him look like, like you said, he was defending them so pretty comfortably, really. Yeah, agreed. Um so Amanda Nunes then in the, in the co-main um, worst title challenger of all time wow. Anderson <laughs> claim I, I, I legit don't think you can think of anyone worse Anthony Smith is probably the next closest yeah I was trying to if, if, if we're not if we're not talking about these uh, like women's uh, featherweights because it's a division that was made to give Cyborg a belt, like it was the low, it was the highest the UFC were prepared to go, where they could say Cyborg could boil herself down to this weight and she can have a belt here, and they did it literally just for that. And then Nunes is just in the unfortunate position where she's beaten everyone at bantamweight, and they don't even have rankings for this weight class. It's that bad. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? Remember the Felicia Spencer one? She battered her for five rounds and then gave her the belt after to say, like, this is what you're never going to have, basically. That felt like, yeah, one of the most backwardly insulting things I've ever seen done. Because I've never seen anything like the clip of Megan Anderson walking into the arena. Like, there's there's Pale, and then there's that. <laughs> she was translucent. She she looked exactly what someone should look like when they're about to go and face yeah. Amanda Nunes. Just yeah, she looked terrified. And I did think that on the commentary they were basically calling her out for that, weren't they? Saying like she looked very wide eyed and stuff. But yeah, we've yeah. seen that before with her, haven't we? I did I did think, and I know it's great that people have said about she's spoken about her mental health and stuff. On the one side of it, that is great. But on the other side, with the thing of where she talk about uh, sort of building up nervous energy. Yeah, if you've done that on fights before, then this is going to be tenfold. Yeah, uh, Nunes made six hundred and sixty grand um, minimum for that. 
Not bad words if you get it. That's, a, that's an easy night's work. <laughs> mm. And Dana did say in the... Well, she was on the broadcast, wasn't it? Where they got him on weirdly. He must have been walking past and they just given him a mic. Where he said, like, Look, I'll, I'll happily keep paying her to just do this to whoever we can find, basically. <laughs> I mean, you really don't know what what they can do with it, do you? Because there, there's nothing on the horizon. No. Um, it was at least once upon a time when she was knocking people out. You thought maybe one day the cyborg fight will get made, and so it looks that. like now, um, nothing. It looks like Juliana Pena is going to get the fight next, um, and after that, they'll probably just keep giving Holly Holm title shots at <laughs> both belts and, until. Nunez calls it a day. By the way, I, I saw a, a video retweeted onto the time of the day of uh, an old Holly Holm fight. I think it was, it was boxing. Yeah. You know, her, like the worst. Yeah. Stuff <laughs> My word, that was brutal. <laughs> Ref yeah, basically put, put her back in a sleep <laughs> and then let her get hit again. Oh, oh no. It is insane. And then finally, we, we did have Jan Blahovic against uh, Adesanya and. Blahovic does what he's done all the, the last couple of years and he upsets the odds and he's now defending the title which is more than can be said for some champions we've seen that's as impressive as it as it gets for a guy who was just written off immediately yeah I, I and of all the ways I saw this going I didn't think we'd be say talking about Blahovic's decision I didn't I'll be honest no, and he was well, well deserving too. He was. He was. He's been getting he a, a lot of stick for that for that fight. Just basically suggesting it was closer than it was. Yeah, well, they barely gave Blahovic any credit. Like, I mean, after three rounds, they said Blahovic does still have two rounds to win this. Blimey! And I thought from from the first round, um, he never looked like he was going to be the one to finish it, but. His jab looked snappier. Um, he looked like he was first to the punch a lot of the time. He looked like he was controlling the cage better than a lot of people do with Alessandro, where he kind of moves them around. And Blahovic looked like he did have a plan, at least, as to which places he would allow himself to go, which places he wouldn't allow himself to go. And when the fight was close, it was almost like where you see in football where they say, look, hang in it for 80 minutes and then we'll give it a go in the last 10. It was like he had to hang in it for them, do what he needed to do, and then just put a stamp on it at the end with the takedowns, which Adesanya says, he said his legs were dead. He said his legs just felt so fatigued that he couldn't get out of the way. Really? I didn't know yeah. he said that. Interesting. There's a clip um, of when you saw them laughing before um, the decision was made, and they're kind of complimenting each other and they're both saying how tired they are, and Adesanya saying, my, my legs are tired. And he says um, something along the lines of, you did great to pass guards. And he said, I, yeah, I did you see pass this. my butter guards. And he said, <laughs> depends on how much you pay. And he goes, what? And he's like, bodyguard, I'll be your bodyguard. <laughs> and Adesanya <laughs> did seem genuinely insulted. He was like, I don't need a bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> Sunned him in the fire and then saying, I'll be your bodyguard if you want. <laughs> yeah. Vigyan seems such a nice bloke as well. Uh, Adesanya, 
he took it well. Um, the loss. I was about to say this actually. I thought he took it better than I. I wondered how he would. Maybe he was a different opponent. Maybe he wouldn't have. But I thought he took it really well. Well, because people kept saying like he's approached it differently, and it's kind of like McGregor in yeah, Warriors. Uh, like agreed. It's it's hard to trash talk someone that isn't going to trash talk you. And a lot of these guys have given plenty of ammo to Adesanya. Like Paolo Costa, obviously gave him plenty. Mm. Derek Brunson gave him almost more than anyone. Um. And then the other guys you've had coming up, Marvin Vittori, who's now calling himself the Grim Reaper after, uh, what, two wins from one of his <laughs> ranked opponent, saying that he's ducking him. So all these guys have been giving trash talk to Izzy. Whitaker, they kind of had the passive-aggressive trash talk. But between them, you've got all that, and... Uh, this is the first guy to really just respect Adesanya and say, I just want my respect too. Yeah, he's, he's the first guy that is, he can't really have any fun with either, isn't he? So he, yeah. he was never going to, to do that. So, And I think I do think he partly is, because I saw him doing this with Whitaker, where you think, everyone knows Whitaker's an all right guy. And I know you've got the Australian and New Zealand thing. Yeah. seemed to me that like Adesanya seems to be a fighter that does need to create something in his mind where where he's got to overcome I don't yeah. know if he has to hate them but he does seem to whereas I guess with this the whole thing was I'm stepping up and fight, facing Goliath in, in a way this is, you can picture to yourself as a David and Goliath matchup and that's enough to motivate you you don't need to be saying that you know something awful about Jan to motivate yourself yeah. I, I don't know about you the one thing I didn't like was like for a start him being interviewed first was pretty bad mm-hmm. but then the repeatedly um, like dare to be great because it seems like then it's like an excuse without making an excuse, isn't it? It's like, well, come on, give me props. And it's like, let's not be mistaken here. He said, no matter who it was, he was going to step up. Blahovic, stylistically, he's slow, his striking pattern, he kind of leaves a lot of holes. He marches forward. That's why they. That's why they took him. And so to go straight to the, the dare to be great thing, kind of leans on the. Come on, I gave it a go. I, I was never really. Kind of, gonna do that, and I thought it was just a bit. Like he didn't need to do that. He can kind of give th- his props. Yeah, I, I think the the problem with it is why well, isn't it is that often going into these fights, you'll say. People will say, oh, you're the smaller guy. And he'll say, well, the weight isn't an issue. So it yeah. becomes very difficult afterwards to then say, well, look, I was stepping up and facing the bigger man when you've set out the stall to say that, look, weight isn't going to be the, the defining factor in this matchup. Yeah. And then afterwards, you are essentially saying that, look, I just lost to the bigger guy, which look, may or may not be true. I think that probably is the, the primary reason. But when you go in saying that that's not going to be an excuse, then, yeah. like you said, it, it doesn't look great when you say, mention it afterwards. It, it gives a better look to all the people that have become double champs as well because true true in recent times it's almost felt like a given when a lot of them have gone up but then you look back i mean dc going up to heavyweight and winning it was a big thing against steepy um i myself don't think i give him a chance in the fight um Cejudo, um stepping up and doing it and stopping tj from doing it was impressive um 
the Nunes one was what it was, and <laughs> the McGregor one was impressive more for who it was against for the for, for the uh, it was featherweight, wasn't it? Yeah, featherweight and lightweight. Yeah, featherweight just felt wrong when I was saying it in my head. It was, um, it's more impressive that he was able to get down there. Yeah, <laughs> that he was able to do one forty-five and not die. So I mean, the Adesanya one would have would have been impressive, but it does also give some credence to all the people that have managed to do it. Albeit yeah, it's, a smaller jump. Yeah, true. That is that is, isn't it? And I do think even with the yeah the differential, I do think when you go from that. 185 yeah. to up to light heavy you are the difference between going reasonably big men to these are big fucking men I was, yeah. don't know what it is watching the embedded and just seeing Blahovic all the time I was thinking that this is a fucking big bloke <laughs> yeah yeah he, he definitely is um, I, I liked after him saying that if it had to be anyone I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it was him because I don't usually buy that but it did seem genuine. Um, it does seem a guy like, I'm sure he's glad it wasn't a guy like John Jones. Who I was about to say, more than anyone. Least, I'm glad I didn't lose to Jones. <laughs> yeah, so fair play to Jan. And now he says he wants six months off, which MMA fans seem to think like you're retiring if, if you have about three months off. People are saying it's mental that he wants six months off after that fight. <laughs> Would be in a boxing world, you'd be buzzing. He's back in six months. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's active for a champ. The Langman's got a penalty, by the way. Good lad. See what he does here. Leeds had two goals ruled out for offside. Blimey! Saved, and the Langman got the rebound. Alessandro <laughs> 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 go go back down now. He's twerking for a fight with Till, so he needs Till to beat Vittori, really. Um, is that right? I was gonna, cause I was gonna say him going back down. I'm thinking, what is the, what is the interest there? But I have always said I'd like him and Till, so that would be. I do genuinely think that could be one of the most boring fights of all time. You think they'll just? I was about to say cancel each other out, but you know, what neither I mean. really needs an invitation to throw one or two strikes around. So I think it would be interesting, but you're not going to get much replay value on it. I don't think. <laughs> Yeah, you might be right. Um, but then I have more interest in that than him against Bobby Knuckles again. That's that was kind of my thinking was he's going back to a division where, you know, Whitaker and Costa have been beaten pretty comprehensively. I don't have an interest in particularly like someone like Cannoneer going in with him. So hey, was... Costa was drunk. <laughs> he's uh he kept referencing that through the weekend obviously after yeah. the fight as well, didn't he? That's obviously I said, to my, I said to my brother, I said, a lot of people hate it. I actually admire it when these people have the nerve to come out with these things. Because it takes a lot to keep a straight face and genuinely use that excuse. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, McGregor got away with it. He essentially alluded to that he was yeah. <laughs> all in the shot against Khabib, didn't it? And people just kind of lap that up. Says an awful Did you lot see- Costa said, like, I couldn't sleep, so I thought I'd have a glass, and then I still couldn't sleep, so I had another glass, and he's like, and next thing I knew, the bottle was gone. Oh, next, a bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I think so. it says a lot that we when John Jones says it, we're all just like, yeah, he, he probably did do that. I can, I can He probably did go on the on the gear. Cocaine and hookers. Yeah. But the problem we is, with Jones, he was saying it when he won, so you can believe that. Yeah. Of. He's not using it as an excuse for a loss. No. And see, people like it when uh, Jones has those excuses after a, after a victory. Um, when Klopp had excuses after a victory, I'll tell you, they didn't go down as well. <laughs> no. Imagine if he, after every time we'd, we'd lost, he'd be like, you got to understand, the lads were on it last night. <laughs> <laughs> like, you see this smile. That comes that comes from a place you don't want to go to. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, that should just about wrap us up for the week. So we've got Leon Edwards fighting this weekend to try and uh, get a win for England. Um, he gets enough stick on Twitter as it is, so I really hope he doesn't lose. <laughs> it's going to be a tough one for us if he does. Yeah, exactly. So anyway... Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Goodbye.